1: With Discover, limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: The Volume.
1: All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight here at The Volume. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope all of you guys had an incredible week. The NBA draft was last night, and obviously, as you guys know, I don't have the time to hit on every single draft prospect, but I did target four in particular for some of our high, high-profile teams, and specifically guys that are going to need to play a lot next year for teams that have high expectations. For the Los Angeles Lakers, I have Jalen Hood, shafino and Maxwell Lewis. For the Golden State Warriors, Brandon Podziemski. And last but not least, for the Dallas Mavericks, the number one high school recruit from 2022, a center who uh, played sparingly, For Duke, Mr. Derek Lively is going to be... A center and a very important piece for a Dallas Mavericks team that desperately needs playable role players next season. So we're gonna do full scouting reports on all four of those guys. You guys know the joke before we get started? Subscribe to the volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, don't forget you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under Hoops Tonight. And last but not least, you guys have heard me talk about Game Time, the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. If you're looking to get out to any sporting event or even a concert or a comedy show, GameTime has amazing last-minute deals on tickets to all of these. So if you're looking to see your favorite baseball team, which is becoming increasingly hard to find on television, GameTime has a deal for you. If you're looking to see your favorite musician touring around the country, GameTime has an amazing deal for you. I've used them in the past. They've taken amazing care of me. You're going to get a great seat. You're going to get a great deal. You're going to know exactly what you're getting yourself into, and the user experience is super friendly. So no matter where you live, Get out and have some fun this week. Download the GameTime app, enter your email, and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, enter your email, and code HOOPS, that's H-O-O-P-S, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So starting with the Los Angeles Lakers, who have, in my opinion, the very best um, college scouting department in, in the NBA just routinely hitting on players far back in the draft or even undrafted, whether that's Austin Reeves or it's Alex Caruso or it's Kyle Kuzma. There is a long line of Laker draft picks particularly ones that are outside of the lottery or outside of the obvious. Ironically, Lonzo Ball is probably the worst recent draft pick of theirs, and he was the number two overall pick. So when it comes to most of Lonzo's issues were related to health, I actually thought he was a very, very good player when he was healthy. But the Lakers scouting department does a really, really good job. And so I'm excited to dive into these two picks, and I liked both of them a lot after diving further into it. So Jalen Hutchifino is your textbook pull-up shooting guard. And remember, pull-up shooting is a specific weakness for the Lakers, and I think that's a big part of why they targeted him in particular. He's very big compared to most ball-handling guards. He's 6'4.25 without shoes, so he's a little over 6'5 with shoes. Massive wingspan, 6'10 and a quarter. He weighs about 217 pounds. That's very big for a guard his size. So he's big and strong. And to give you guys a, a comparison... Bruce Brown, who obviously wasn't a ball handling guard, well, he did bring the ball the floor, but wasn't like a you know, a guy that would spam ball screens. But to give you an idea of size, after you just watched the NBA Finals, Bruce Brown is 6'3 and a half without shoes and has a 6'9 wingspan, weighed 187 in college and is up to 202 now. So he's basically a slightly bigger version of Bruce Brown in terms of his physical profile, although he is not the same type of athlete that Bruce Brown is. He's not nearly as explosive. Um, At Indiana, averaged fourteen four and 4 On 42% from the field, 33% from three, 78% from the line. Again, as a freshman. um, So he's playing against older players often and in a pretty high usage role, surprisingly. Uh, What I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some of his play type data from Synergy and then tell you what I saw on film. So um, Indiana scored 302 points on 366 Jalen pick and rolls including passes he almost always ran his pick and rolls from the middle of the floor and he almost always used the screens so he doesn't reject picks often that's something that I'd like to see him do a little bit more in the NBA Um, almost always takes a pull-up jumper about 50% of the time when he comes off of the pick he takes a pull-up jump shot he shot 41% on pull-up jump shots last year 46% when you weighed it for three so 46% in effective field goal percentage those are really good numbers for a young guard tons of young guards are super inefficient on pull-up jump shots, and they take them and they look good every once in a while, but they miss a ton. Um, uh, Jalen Hushchevino actually did a a really nice job knocking down pull-up jump shots last season. Um, Got a really good floater as well, 41% on floaters. Has a good mix of them as well. Like you take the traditional floaters that you see everyone else take, but he can also take these sweeping floaters as he's going lateral from the rim. He can make those as well. On tape, I was really impressed with his handle. I thought he had good control of the basketball. Um, Does does a good job protecting the basketball, too, by turning his back. Obviously, still uh, uh, um, amounted a few turnovers, as you expect, from young guards, that'll go away as he gets better at managing ball pressure with more reps, especially in the NBA. Very methodical in pick and roll. Play slow, slowly works to his spots, which is the way you should play when you're a below average athlete who has good physical tools. He's big and strong, not the most expo- explosive dude in the world. That has turned him into a slow and methodical ball screen operator. He does a good job of not like kind of pre selecting or predetermining his moves. He just kind of makes reads. He doesn't try to go hunt his shot he just tries to create the advantage for his offense and that's where i think he's at his best um particularly in that tournament game against miami they were trapping him and blitzing him on a lot of pick and rolls. Didn't try to do too much, just kind of pulled away and used his height and his long arms to dump the ball over the top to the big man. Every single time the screen defender engages with him, he just gets rid of the basketball. Whether it's a pocket pass to the roll man or that over-the-top pass and a blitz, very good at getting rid of the basketball to the roll man. Struggles a little bit with cross-court reads to the weak side corner. He's a little slow to see it and a little inaccurate, but that'll come in time. And he's got big enough hands and long enough arms that I actually think he's going to be really really good at that in the long run Uh, does take a lot of jump shots in the mid range and a lot of floaters, but he makes them at a good percentage. He's just your textbook big guard that can make plays off the bounce Um, with this Laker team that likes to use LeBron James and Anthony Davis as screeners a lot. They need guards who can run ball screens and I don't think they're going to bring back Lonnie Walker. It remains to be seen if they can bring back Dennis Schroeder. If he stays on a minimum, I'm sure the Lakers would love to have him back, but Dennis played really well last year so there's a good chance that he gets a mid-level exception deal this year. That means that it's going to be Austin and D'Angelo Russell in the front court, or uh, in the backcourt to start and then off the bench like maybe Malik Beasley if they even keep him. They could use him as uh, trade ballast as well. So like it depends to see it, it depends on what the Lakers do this offseason in terms of bringing in guards. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in a uh, one or two veteran minimum level guards, but Jalen Hoofffeino is going to have a really good opportunity to earn that backup shot creator role and play off of the Lakers bench. Uh, A couple other play types. He was only 0.72 points per possession in spot-up situations. He shot much, much better on pull-up jumpers than catch-and-shoot jumpers. He shot 41% on pull-up jump shots, 31% on catch-and-shoot jump shots, 30% 30% when he was unguarded. Now, this is somewhat common because it has a lot to do with the way his role is structured. So, for instance, he took 196 pull-up jump shots last year with Indiana, only 64 catch-and-shoot jump shots. So, the ball's just always in his hands. And so, there's a different rhythm and flow to shooting off the dribble than there is off the catch. And when you're constantly taking all of your shots off of the dribble, sometimes your catch-and-shoot situation just feels a little clunky to you because it's a completely different type of shot but he's got really good touch as you see on his floater as you see on his pull-up jump shooting percentage as you see on his free throws he's 78 percent from free throws which is solid so my thing is I tend to think that as a catch and shoot player he will get much much better once he learns to construct a muscle memory that he can depend on in those situations so that he's can utilize the great touch that he has When he's catching and shooting. Not only that, in spot up situations, he's got such a good handle and is a gifted playmaker that he can't, and he's got good size, that he should be great attacking closeouts, which is something he didn't do very well last year. So I think he'll be better at that in the long run, but that's definitely a weakness for him right now is spot up situations. But again, if he's coming off the bench for the Lakers as a primary ball handler, it'll be more important for him to be able to make plays in pick and roll. Um, He had 19 points on uh, 16 isos and shot 50% in those situations, but that's really low volume. So uh, not too much to take away there. Shot just 53% at the rim. On tape, what stood out to me, took a lot of really difficult shots at the rim trying to draw fouls. You know, just throwing shit up and falling on the floor. That's going to hurt your percentages. Obviously not the most gifted athlete in the world. So a lot of times he's shooting over the top of people instead of just going through them or around them. Um, on defense, not overly quick, but he does have really long arms, which helps. Uh, gifted in help situations, at like kind of digging down and uh, grabbing at the basketball and recovering. Uh, in the Miami game, in the tournament, rough defensive game for him really struggled containing the Miami guards was getting beat off the dribble a lot was struggling navigating over screens but he did have better stretches of on-ball defense during the regular season and on film a lot of it was just bad technique like reaching in instead of staying solid giving up the driving lane or on the screen instead of prepping to step over the top just kind of walking headlong into it because he's not doing his prep so a lot of stuff that I think he can get better at I think is really good tools and so he could certainly become a switchable guard that can guard bigger wings because he's got good size and the length to bother ball handlers at the point of attack. But he's going to need to work on some of his technique stuff and some of his foot speed stuff to succeed in the NBA, especially as we all know, NBA teams are going to spam pick and roll with really good guards. Overall, I like the pick. I think it fills a specific need. They needed a backup guard that can run ball screens. The Lakers are actually pretty deep at forward right now with Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Um, He also played with a really gifted role man at Indiana with Tracy Jackson Davis um, and did a good job of utilizing him and getting him the basketball, so that's a decent fit with Anthony Davis. Whether or not he gets significant rotation minutes is going to come down to the types of players that the Lakers can get in free agency for the minimum and what he can contribute on the defensive end. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep (sighs) expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need.
1: Angie's list is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie doesn't just get your home projects done. Angie gets them done well. With 20 plus years of experience combined with new tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. With over 220,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to get the job done well. The pros in the network are locally based and they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area who have actually used their services. You all know what it's like to own a home. You walk around, like I walk into the kitchen the other day and my refrigerator is just making this horrible grinding noise. Or on Saturday, we were having a pool party. I had to use a couple outlets that I hadn't used in a while and I found three or four outlets around the house that just didn't work. And that's super annoying. But the best part about Angie is it's a great tool to help you find the best available deal to get that work done and to get it done right. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project from start to finish. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A N-G-I.com. Pick number 40, the Lakers traded up. And so that's why I wanted to cover Maxwell Lewis because clearly the scouting department really liked this guy because they went out of their way to move up to get him by trading their pick and some cash. He's a textbook scoring forward. He's 6'6 and a quarter without shoes, 7-foot wingspan, so super long arms, 207 pounds. A little thin, not bad, though. Um, Sophomore year, Pepperdine, 17.6 rebounds and 3 assists, 47% from the field, 35% from 3, 79% from the line. To me, he's your textbook tip of the spear scoring forward. So, he's not the guy that's going to attack a set defense and consistently create uh, great shots, but... If guards can consistently set him up with closeout opportunities and mismatches, he's going to be able to score there because when the defender is coming at him or out of position, he's really good at playing that leverage game, getting them to lean one way and go the other. Or if he has a size advantage, using his body with his back turned to get closer To the basket, and he is awesome at finishing plays when he is set up. He's a deadly spot-up shooter, 63% effective field goal percentage in catch and shoot situations, 83% effective field goal percentage in unguarded catch and shoot situations. So deadly when he is uh, uh, catching the ball in the perimeter and shooting threes. Teams treat him like a catch and shoot guy who's deadly, so they close out super hard, and that's where I was most impressed. With Max. He's uh really good at identifying the angle the guy's closing out at and just quick ripping. So, like if the dude's closing out at his left shoulder, he's not gonna pump fake or wait. He's just gonna rip right on the catch or or the other way. If he does have an opportunity to bait the guy into leaving his feet because he's further away, then he can utilize the pump fake. I actually posted a clip of one of his pump and rip dunks um during a game this season. You can find that on my Twitter feed. Really, really impressive play. Multiple counter moves. Again, not going to break you down off the dribble in a set situation, but when he makes, let's say that a guy closes out to his left shoulder and he rips through, but the guy like recovers and beats him to the spot, he's going to spin back or hit it behind the back dribble to get back to the left to get all the way to the rim. He's always got a counter move ready, specifically turning his back to the basket and using his size as, as an advantage. Um, and he's really good at shooting when he's got his back turned to the basket. He's 55% on hook shots, 63% at the rim. Had a lot of high-flying dunks this year. He's got really good uh, physical tools to get up over the rim. He also was a very successful post player, especially especially against mismatches. He's uh, He scored 76 points on 74 post-ups, including passes, which is awesome at the college level. Really patient, uh, just kind of keeps that dribble alive when guys are digging at him and kind of waits for guys to go home. And once things kind of clear up, then he just hits it to the uh, the side to try to get to the rim. So again, in a back-to-back situation, guys guarding me back-to-back, the easiest way sometimes is just to go around him. And so he'll make a lateral move quick and try to get to the other side of the rim, finishes there really well. Um, That'll be an interesting uh, thing for the Lakers to build out over the years, especially with Phil Handy. I saw a lot of people on Twitter comparing him to Trey Murphy, and I actually really, really like that comp because he's like the 3 and D guy, but with real scoring chops. But remember, with Trey Murphy, the defensive end ended up being the issue for him primarily. He's got great tools, but his instincts and his foot speed ended up being an issue. That's going to be the big thing for Max is... Is he going to be able to be playable defensively? Because he's not super quick, but he does have great tools. So a lot of it's going to come down to his basketball IQ on the defensive end of the floor. Overall, good forward depth for the Lakers, um, especially for future seasons, um, or in the case that the Lakers have to move one of Rui or Vando in a trade. So really good draft for the Lakers once again, uh, at least from what I can tell up front. Obviously, time will tell as the guys play in the league, but I like both of these guys. Moving on to the Warriors. Brandon Podzamski. He's Textbook lefty scoring guard. A little bit undersized, 6'3 three and 3 quarters without shoes, short arms, 6'5 and a half wingspan. Weighs 204 pounds, though, so he's built pretty well for his size. Um, didn't play much at Illinois, then transferred to Santa Clara and was awesome. Last year at Santa Clara, he averaged 20 points, nine rebounds. How about that? And four assists. Shot 48% from the field, 44% from three, 77% from the line, 2.3 stocks per game, a lot of steals. I think he was 1 in 1.8 steals per game. Uh, they were doing a lot of pressing and he was really active in the press, getting steals for quick runout dunks and things like that. Play type data. Awesome shooter. 1.11 points per possession in spot-up situations. Deadly knocking down shots and attacking closeouts. Uh, 66% effective field goal percentage on catch-and-shoot jumpers. 84% effective field goal percentage on unguarded catch-and-shoot jumpers. So just a deadly shooter. Um, Very good off the dribble, 40% on pull-up jump shots, 53% effective field goal percentage on pull-up jump shots, and a good short game, 45% on floaters, 67% on hook shots. Was a good pick-and-roll shot creator, 0.89 points per possession, which is good for that level. Um, faced super aggressive coverages too. Teams were picking him up as soon as he passed half court. The defender was all the screen defender was all the way up at the level of the screen constantly. He's getting bracketed, had to work really hard to set up his man for ball screen. So, he faced pretty intense defense throughout the season and still did really well. Just an outstanding passer. Just makes these un. There was this one where he threw a lob where he was going towards his left and he threw a hook lob from below his waist. That was right on target above the rim for their big man to grab it and dunk it. Makes a lot of really impressive passes in pick and roll and is a great shot creator. He shot 50% effective field goal percentage when shooting out of pick and roll. A lot of like janky stuff, funky looking shots, a lot of like step through floaters and weird looking high arcing shots, but they just tend to go in as you can see in the numbers. I actually think he's going to be a really good fit in the Warriors motion offense. Why? He's awesome in spot up situations. He had a 52% effective field goal percentage coming off of screens and he had a 54% effective field goal percentage coming off of dribble handoffs in addition to all the stuff I was talking about in pick and roll. So again, he's another one of those guys, kind of like the Tyler Harrow mold, where like he's really good when he gets separation naturally as part of the coverage, which is something I think he's going to get a lot in the Warriors motion offense so I really like the fit offensively the defensive end is going to be the issue he's not overly tall his short arms very athletic but he's not a good point of attack defender so he's vertically athletic not laterally athletic but he is an outstanding rebounder grabbed nine rebounds per game last year which is amazing think about kind of like what Dante DiVincenzo did for the Warriors last year just kind of a super aggressive rebounder especially on the offensive end um, Dante's a better athlete. Uh, but not as good of a shooter. And Dante was a little, uh, definitely a better defensive player, good quick feet, and was uh, a good ball pressure guard for the Warriors. So I expect Dante to opt out. Uh, there's a lot of interest to, uh, specifically from the New York Knicks, from what I've been hearing or uh, reading, I should say. Um, so honestly, uh, like if he can defend well enough, he can take that rotation spot. But that's the same thing I'm going to say about everybody else on this list. All four of these guys. Again, this is something to keep in mind. Like, uh, young players don't win in the NBA. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was the only guy below the age of 25 who played over a hundred minutes in the NBA finals. And he also was the guy who played the worst. Uh, typically speaking, especially when you get to late playoff rounds, it's grown men that win in playoff games. And so none of these guys are going to play much in all likelihood. And if they do play it like a Christian Braun, it's going to be because they can defend, uh, and their coach trusts them in those situations. So again, uh, I like to pick great offensive fit, whether or not he ends up being a useful player is going to come down to the defensive end. And Steve Kerr in particular is already not super high in playing young guys. For the Mavericks, Derek Lively, this was the number one prospect in the 2022 class out of high school, according to ESPN's College Basketball Recruiting Service. He's a center, seven 7'1", 7'7", wingspan, 215 pounds, very thin. Uh, Only played 21 minutes per game at Duke, averaged 5 points, 5 rebounds, and 1 assist per game, shot 66% from the field, did average 2.4 blocks per game, and had an 8-block game uh, at one point during the season, so some real rim protection stuff there. He was an awesome role man, he shot 24 for 28 on role man possessions this year with Duke, just caught everything and dunked everything a legit vertical spacing threat, easy target above the rim. That's going to be a great fit with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. But this pick is all about rim protection. According to Synergy, players shot just 39.5% at the rim against Lively, which is the 83rd percentile, so that's very good. Super mobile defender in pick and roll. Very good at getting up to the level of the screen to dissuade the pull-up jump shot, sprinting back into the picture to contain at the rim. Uh, Has really good recovery athleticism when he's out of position. A lot of like really impressive blocks on tape where you're like, you feel like he's completely buried or completely out of position, yet somehow gets back there and makes a play. I thought he played with really good motor. Like it wasn't like he was lumbering around on defense. I thought he was moving around and playing hard. He does struggle a bit with bigger post players. There was this. Uh, big center for NC State that was just barbecuing his ass with like his big kind of like chubby guy just barbecuing his ass with like quick pivots and getting him out of position with like a chicken wing to get all the way to the basket I do really like this pick though do you guys remember the Brooklyn Nets team from last year that was really good before Kyrie Irving blew it up with a trade request Uh, and they had won like a like something crazy like 25 out of 27 games or something like that Nick Claxton was a big part of that just a skinny, lanky, hyper-athletic rim protector that could be kind of the baseline for their defense. And uh, this guy has the opportunity, Derek has the opportunity to be that type of uh, a foundational rim protector for this Dallas team. Um, he needs to improve in a bunch of areas. He needs to improve in uh, free throw shooting. He needs to bulk up a little bit. But I do think he could be the foundation of a credible defense next season. So Derek Lively for the Dallas Mavericks, I really liked that pick as well. Um, We're going to do a mailbag episode next week on Wednesday, Um, and maybe I'll take one or two other prospects if I get enough people asking about it. I'll uh, hit a couple more prospects during the mailbag episode next week. Also, uh, I'll tweet out a a tweet asking for questions as well, but anything you guys want to talk about next Wednesday, uh, I don't care if it has nothing to do with basketball, drop it in the comments under this video, and we'll be doing that mailbag episode next Wednesday. As always, I sincerely appreciate you guys. I will see you Monday as we break down all the news from the weekend.